In today's episode, Dave interviews Jill Soloway. Jill is an Emmy-nominated writer and producer known for her work on HBO Six Feet Under, The United States of Terror, and her coveted Director Award at the 2013 Sundance Film Festival for the feature film Afternoon Delight. She's also the creator and director of Amazon's Transparent, winner of two Golden Globe Awards. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. A lot of the chatter, I don't know how many of these you listen to, but a lot, I, like I, I know I've said this before, and Richard Label told me, don't keep mentioning this. Dick Label. Dick Label said, don't keep mentioning it. Um, the way that I start everyone is by saying, I've started. Okay. We've already started. So that what just happened, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Because so it's have just we a conversation. S- okay. So we've started. You know, we've started. We've started. It's just a conversation. <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I, it's not one of these things, and certainly the topic will come up, like, what have you been doing? What's up to? But it's more like, I, especially with what you've been doing and the circle that we've come from, it's the idea of we're still doing this. And the fucking joy that comes out of that, that we're still doing this. And how crazy it is. Don't you think it's crazy? That we're still doing what that we were doing? That we're still doing? doing what we love to do, that we're still able to do what we love to do, that we're still following what we love to do. Yeah, I think it's crazy and surprisingly necessary. I think that that would that would be the surprise for me is not that it would still be fun to get on the phone with my sister and talk about making a viral video with Jane Lynch and Steve Colbert as right. I did 15 minutes ago. Right. But that <laughs> Right. But that it would be necessary for me to feel like myself and feel like I'm still doing things that matter, that it would be necessary for me to be joining with the people from those days who made me laugh in the most essential way and creating from that place of best friends, sister, giggling, annoyance, troop, like that. I think we all thought, just like you think, oh, you'll grow up one day or you'll be old one day or you'll feel 40 one day. Also, Mm -hmm. you'll feel like a professional one day and there'll be some other way towards success Mm -hmm. that involves managers or agents or producers and ultimately like the way towards success is I've found is going back inside to what makes me laugh what makes people who make me laugh laugh right and, and protecting that protecting that by saying by nurturing that and also harvesting that yeah and um, nurturing creating boundaries around it so it's safe and then harvesting it for for consumption by others as content, but right. having to having to having to keep it safe so that you have something somewhere to create from, and never and always always knowing to trust. I mean, for me, I always trust my gut. Mm-hmm. My gut will say that, in spite of all those other things that are around you, all those other voices, the voices of commerce, which is unnecessary, mm-hmm. um, the voices of product, which are necessary. But at, at the core of all this is the voice that goes within me that says, "No, that's the thing to do." Yeah. And I love this, and I need to see this moment. I need to see this scene, right? And I need to see it this way, right? Right. And people look at you and go, "You're right." Not that I need to be right, but I do need for somebody around me to go, for someone around me to say, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." Even if that voice, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," is somebody like Martin Demont that died years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that voice is still within me, and that chatter is still there. And the chatter isn't idle chatter, and the chatter isn't. Um, uh, the, the chatter isn't uh, negative chatter. Yeah. Although that's there too sometimes. Yeah, always. Can't right. get away from that. No, you can't get away from that. I think a lot of people try to get away from that. Yeah. They say, how do I shut that out? And you don't. You don't. You never do. Brett Paisel yeah. said that the feeling that you shouldn't be doing it is always there. 
And then she thinks of it like the uninvited guest at every party. You see it. It's the part of you that says, this isn't good. You're not good. Stop trying. Right. Stop creating. Just recognize it because it comes up all the time. It'll come up for me in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. Um, or all the time while I'm writing, you know. I love it, the uninvited guest, because the uninvited guest, sometimes you invite. Mm-hmm. I call it the, the little avatar that's at the door, mm-hmm. outside the door, the tiny little um, it's not even a, I'm going to say a little person I'm going to call it a fucking midget mm-hmm. that's at the door that's my that's my demon mm-hmm. dressed in my clothes mm-hmm. soiled smoking a cigarette doing everything and going do you need me now mm-hmm. like no I don't need you now mm-hmm. thank you I'll call you when I need you mm-hmm. and sometimes I do mm-hmm. when do you need when do you need him um, when I'm feeling like it's so seldom these days but when I'm feeling like um, I'm going to wallow in this for a while mm-hmm. and, I, and I go I'll wallow in it but I don't wallow in it a lot for me it, for me that little guy represents himself as checking deadline hollywood and seeing who's getting deals that's what i see that right he's getting cast right. even though i'm not an actor <laughs> isn't it so still isn't it weird though that that there's something within you that goes to that place going i i think i need to feel jealous right now yeah well, it's sort of like masturbating to dirty stuff that makes you hate yourself. Exactly. But it works. Exactly. Right. And going, oh, well, well. But at the end of the day. But I'm going to do go, it. Because if day, I don't go, masturbate, I can't fall asleep. If <laughs> <laughs> I don't check deadline, I can't write. Right. Right. And all those things. That it's like sometimes you go, you know, it's okay to masturbate to that, that thing. It was all right to do that. But I got to also think, um, so okay, I can't knock myself because of it. Yeah. I, I, I would like to knock myself I would love to find a way to stay off of the internet. Mm -hmm. I would love to find a way to not every five pages go, what's on deadline? What's on daily beast? What's on Jezebel? Right. Because I find if I really look at myself when I'm writing and I'll be getting to a deep place where I'll be feeling something in a scene and then I'll go check something, whether it's my email, which is going to be about, you know, can you change that? dinner from 4.30 to 5 next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Any way to escape from deep feeling where the real inspiration is and where the real creativity is, um, I do actually want to try and find a way to get, to get away from. I get it. I get it. And all of that is ego saying, saying you can't go this deep. Or, yeah. and, and, and it's engaging in that uninvited guest in that moment. Because yeah. it's always it's a guest. there. It's a guest. <laughs> and you do bring it in. It's yeah. not part of you. It's not part of your DNA. It's not your skin. It's something that you decide, I'm going to put that on. Yeah. Um, but I totally understand that. I think that right now, those of us who are, who are engaged in the creative process in that focused way, that temptation is there. Yeah. And it's there worse than I've ever felt it in my life. Like to try to get to a place of being present and yes and when I'm alone. You know, if, I, if I'm working with a group of actors and we can all sort of sit in a room together and we can know that our phones are far away and we can get into something for an hour or two hours, fine. Right. But when I'm trying to get to that place of like deep connection and presence when I'm alone, it's really hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I, I agree with been. the idea that it's never been like this before because we haven't had the distractions at our fingertips all the time because I cannot imagine, I mean, I, I, for some reason, I just popped on Oscar Wilde. I don't know. But Oscar Wilde, you know, what, did, what were his distractions? Because I know that he had the demons. Did he just go pull away from the pad and the, and the quill or whatever he was writing with and just mm-hmm. kind of go into the internet of his mind? Right. Probably. Maybe his mind wandered. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine that all of us who are struggling with that are always questioning that next move, that next 
creative move, whatever that's going to be, the new scene, the word, the, mm-hmm. that sentence, that paragraph that we ended, that text that we ended at that moment saying, could that be better? Or if that couldn't be better, what's on, you know, all those put Jezebel right now? Yeah. I mean, to me, it's not, could that be better? I don't know if you want to be nitpicky about process, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like could that be better is the necessary place that I wish I was going instead of going to look at deadline. I feel like the place that I want to go instead of look at deadline is a deeper place where I'm not thinking about better or worse. I'm just channeling voices. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Because I do tell my students the idea of better. There is no idea of better because better is a comparison that pulls you back into the past as opposed to moving forward. Because when you say better, you're comparing it to something. And you have to go back and read it. Right. And that's going to take time. Going back and reading what I did over the past few pages to me is just as bad as looking at deadline. Right. The hope is that I'm going deeper and going further. Right. And doing so without my conscious voice that judges. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And, that- and also I think better is a head thing. And I think working, this piece works, this scene works, this moment works is a feeling thing. It's like a body thing or a soul thing or a gut thing. Right. So- it's the thing that drives you forward. It's yeah. the thing that is that creative um, dynamo that's within you that keeps you moving forward in that. And I actually think it has its own velocity and its own momentum and it's pulling you. Right. You know, when it's working. When it's working and there's nothing. I don't know that there's anything greater at that moment than than saying, oh, fuck, this is working. This mm-hmm. is really working. And that's something that I never thought that I, I, I not never thought that I could do. It's just like I didn't expect that, mm-hmm. which is different than I never thought I could do that. I didn't expect that. And look at the fucking thing that I just made. Look at what I just made. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also with that is also comes the idea of pride. To be pri- to be prideful of what you did, and to really love what you did, and I, yeah, I have a hard time with that. You do. I don't even go look what I just made. I go, oh, look what just came through me. Okay, I love that, right? And I don't know if that's bad or good, but well, I think a lot of people go, oh, look what just came through me. I had nothing to do with it, but that's not necessarily true. I kind of feel like it is for me. The I feel spirit. like I have something to do with it in that I've done the things I need to do to make my body a, a tool. Right. That un- that allows it to come through me, like getting enough rest or getting enough play or getting enough exercise. <clears throat> right. Um, I can see that. I definitely understand I that. I don't feel like I – that's sort of one of the great joys. I was talking to the, another writer. His name is Nicholas Kazan. And I was at a uh, panel where I was talking about my process, and he said he has the exact same feeling mm-hmm. where literally it's like feeling like a sort of – the kind of fisherman who uses nets mm-hmm. where I literally go and check the nets and empty the nets mm-hmm. and I'm not doing anything except for setting up the nets. Mm-hmm. So to me, the job is to create a, a, a good net that catches the right size fish, but mm-hmm. that you don't have to be, it's almost like the least energy, the better, least energy exerted, the better. So you're I talking find. about being a conduit. Yeah. Just being a hundred percent conduit. Yeah. A hundred percent conduit. I absolutely agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. And in what it is that I do, whether it's performing or teaching or directing or writing, it's that feeling of the more I let go, the less energy, what you said, the less yeah. energy I put into that, the more I am connected to that that energy. The less energy, the more I'm connected to the creative energy. Yeah. I mean, the, even the, thinking about improv, when you're watching somebody perform and they have this kind of like unbelievably relaxed, smiling way of being in the world and of being on stage, it's just such a joy for the audience. It puts... I, I, is it an ease or is it a connection? Because there's oftentimes that I look at somebody, I'm thinking, oh my God, you're working so hard. Please get off stage. Please yeah. stop it right now. And 
And then you look at somebody like um, uh, Tina or uh, Pasquese. I was or, thinking about Pasquese. Yeah, um, and, and, and Pasquese, and you go, oh, my God, I'm not he- You're allowing me to not be here right now, hmm. to be so present yeah. that I am not here, to be part of your, con- to be witness to your, condu- your conduiting, yeah. if you will. Well, um, it's, it's, it's like the, if he's playing, if Pasquese's on stage playing, then in the audience I'm playing too. I'm like not an audience anymore, but we're all we're all in that hopeful, you know, idealism of anything can happen in the next moment. The oneness that we all search for in that moment. Yeah. And that spirit that we get from opening ourselves up and connecting to that spirit. Yeah. Instead of ourselves or instead of who's in the audience or is this good enough or is oh this God. commercial? Right. Yeah. Right, right. And it's the same, to me, it's the same thing if I'm alone writing, if I'm working with a writer's room, if I'm working with actors, like, it's really about just trying to get to that place. Right. It's interesting that today was the day that they elected the new pope, because that's mm-hmm. so anti what it is that we've been talking about. Yeah, well, who knows what was happening in that conclave, though. They might have been having a little uh, group sesh, a little, they might have been playing, laughing. Yeah. I would hope that they would, because I was looking at, <laughs> I, don't know, I, I don't know if you've watched it, but there was, um, when the pope was talking, when the new pope was talking, and I don't know his name. I hope I don't meet him because I don't know his name. <laughs> but when he was talking, um, one of his buddies from the back fixed his vestment. Uh-huh. I just went, they fixed his vestment. I thought, Cute. what a nice thing. He just fixed his vestment. Did he speak in Spanish, the new pope? Um, I don't know. It was a romance language of some kind. Okay, it was either Spanish or Italian. Yeah, it was either Spanish or Italian. I don't think it was Latin. Um, it sounded either Spanish or Italian. It sounded Italian. I was moved by it today remembering that they still have that thing that feels like a game, which is the smoke will change color when they figured it out. Right. Like, that's so much fun. It really is fun. It's something that we can all look at and go, hey, even me, you know, a lapsed Jew can look yeah. at and go, what a fucking great thing. That, yeah. Oh, it oh, changed color. Yeah, it's like the groundhog seeing its shadow. Right. It's like a game. It is, it is like a game. That makes it Right. And if there could be more game in, in Catholicism, I think people would really, really be happy in that. Are You, you have a son. I have two sons. You have two sons. Yeah. Are they being raised Jewish at all? Yes, they're both being raised Jewish. Where, so how does that work? What are you? What are you? What are you um, doing? What Judaism does that work? is a religion. I know how that works. <laughs> a lot of people can Google it. Yeah. So let's just say well, those people who are curious can Google it. Yeah. But how is it that you're? Uh, I, I, so you're a member of a shul. I'm not a member of a shul. Um, I actually am a member of a, of a few, just sort of as a means of kind of supporting. I, I actually am a member of like maybe three or four. Hmm. Um, but not in the traditional sense where I, it's my community. Right. It's more about I want to help these different synagogues exist. What a great thing to be in service in that way. Well, I actually feel like somehow I've become like a Jewish organizer as well, but I actually feel like the fact that any church or any synagogue is standing is unbelievable because they're selling nothing. They're selling just pure magic. Right. And people believe it. Right, because they want to believe it. They want to believe in the magic, and I get that too. And that's the same reason that I go to, I, I go to see, still go to see the the improv shows. Yeah. And it's why when nine eleven happened, the first thing that I did was, I went, "Where's where's a temple that I can get together with people mm. and just commune in that way?" Mm. And and the the communing in that way was just huge. It was really really important for me. What temple did you go to? Uh, the one on Wilshire. It's a reform temple. Temple mm. Isaiah, maybe. Mm. It's a beautiful temple. Mm-hmm. On the west side? Uh, no, no, no. On Wilshire in Koreatown. 
Oh, that's t- that. That is um, Wilshire Boulevard. Yeah, Wilshire Boulevard. Mm-hmm. I went to that because uh, it reminded me of my show in Chicago where I was dancing oh, with Temple sh- Sholem. Oh, okay. Where is Sholem? Is it? Is it on? It's, uh, it's Our Lady of the Lake. It's on uh, Cornelia and like and Sheridan. Lakeshore Drive. Yeah. So it's the it's the dome. It's that big building. one. Yeah, they do look similar. I, that my did you go to camp overnight camp? A little bit. Camp? Which one? Ramai. Ramai. The Jewish shy. Shy. Yeah. I can see you going to shy. You're yeah. a shy. Person. I'm not a camp person. I actually didn't do well at camp, but I am now. I think I'm making up for that by always trying to get people to go on group vacations. Uh-huh. I love going to camp. I yeah. did a lot. You did. I did a lot. I was a way to meet girls and stuff. Yeah, you, know? you got no parents around. No parents around and be able to like really get to be adults. But and and it it changed me also in that going to Jewish camp because um, it was uh, reform. It gave me a spirituality that I still hold on to this day. Mm. And that spirituality affects me in every single way. Everything that I do, everything that I teach, every the way that I live my life right now because it, there's, just, there's a lightness to mm-hmm. it. And I feel like my grandparents were conservative or orthodox and there was a heaviness to it, there was mm-hmm. a darkness to it, and the rooms were dark and there was no joy and there was no singing and it was just like, fuck it, I can't. And I think that that, that pressure after leaving that pressure, it just made me go, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And then I do it. That's good. Right. What is your, what do you do for spirituality these days? What's your, I used to dance around the apartment in a yarmulke? uh, I do that. Sacrificing the goat (laughs) and children. Um, I uh, I just want to picture it. um, It's really me. It's my teaching. Mm -hmm. My teaching and my performing. Mm -hmm. Because I travel around the world now now Mm. teaching improvisation. Amazing. And my improvisation, the way that I teach now is, um, yes, now, is more of a sense, a Buddhist sense mm. of the, all that matters is its moment. Wherever it is that you came from doesn't matter. Wherever it is that you're going to doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Are you paying attention to the moment that we're in right now? Mm-hmm. Because that really is all that we have. Mm. And if you want, and what I've been really thinking about lately is removing, and it's what you said about better. Mm-hmm. So it's removing that scale inside of your head that mm-hmm. has to weigh everything. And just purely living in that moment and mm-hmm. i think one of the things about the annoyance theater is that that i got from that and being part of that and all of us being part of that is the idea of what do you want we can make it work we're making it work right now it's happening right the fuck now mm-hmm. and the freedom that comes from that and all of us that came out of that um at that period and still are coming out of that mm-hmm. now um when we buy into that how wonderful it is mm-hmm. and how surprising it is for people for the people that I work with where they think like, wow, what is that tool that you're bringing? It's amazing. And it's like, no, it was, it was, it was just the rule for life when we were making theater back in Chicago, you know, yes. And could instead of should not, um, criticizing ourselves or our performance on opening night, um, celebrating the fact that it happened a space to let anything happen. Oh, right. And everybody's always looking for the rules, you know. Well, how do you decide what show is good enough to put up? And Mick's rule was, whatever you want. Right. There's a space. There's a theater. Take it. Put up whatever you want. And I think a lot of people go, oh, I don't know. And then at that moment, you start living in the future of what if it doesn't work? How can I do that? What people are going to have? Like, all those things is supposed to be. What if to. nobody comes? Right. I find that with all of my Jewish organizing events thing is, like, the reason that I'm able to, at this moment, that I'm being 
lauded, which you may not be aware of, as a Jewish organizer okay. <laughs> in well, Los I, Angeles. I didn't know that. This no. is true. I'm speaking in front of like the Jewish Funders Network next well, week. Awesome. It's simply because I took that notion uh-huh. and started just putting out events with just a little bit of Judaism to them and didn't have that fear, what if nobody comes? Right. I was, you know, I have the thing of like, okay, I'll make a poster, I'll send it out, and if it's just me and one person, it will be a funny memory. I get it. I totally understand <laughs> that, and I, I get that, and I think a lot of people are 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 paralyzed because they think, yeah. how are we going to get people out? It's like you are putting, and, and it's the idea of. Um, and it's the, that's an ego thing, and the ego mm-hmm. says, "Look at the end, don't look at the process." Yeah. Look at the end. This is uh, this is Chips, the dog. Chips. Um, Did Chips just come in on his own, or? Yeah, Chips has uh, Chips. Chipsy. I'm gonna be, uh, be, uh, be dog sitting for Chips oh, for six Chipsy. weeks. I'm so excited. So cute. But looking at the end result of it, uh, and and the end result is like not seeing the process throughout the entire process, mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of what we did. In Chicago was about process, yeah, and also about marketing. Because I remember being on the L tracks, handing out flyers mm-hmm. to people, like coming to the Anoya show. <laughs> We're doing this show, yeah, this stupid show, yeah. And you and Faith and Mick, you know, and and all these people coming up with the real life Brady Bunch, which I, I, I feel that was a really. I know that it sounds weird, but it's, it's such a seminal event. I'm, I'm stopping myself because it, 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 it seems like I'm really being uh, hyperbolic, mm-hmm. but it was such a seminal event in theater history in Chicago. Oh, wow. I like it. It's hyperbolic, but I'll take it. I mean, listen, I mean, when you really take a look at it, you say that it fucking... I'm not, I'm not sure the people at the Steppenwolf and the, Good, and the Goodman would appreciate you. <laughs> I, I, but I had Jeff Perry sitting in that chair talking about the same goddamn thing. <laughs> really? He was talking about the Brady Bunch? He wasn't talking about the Brady Bunch. Yeah. talking about the idea of Chicago theater and how we can yeah. do whatever the fuck we're going to do, yeah. you know, um, in that chair and have other people, other Chicago people in that chair talking about those sort of things, saying not necessarily the Brady Bunch, but at that moment saying we, we could do whatever the fuck we wanted to do because yeah. there were people there that were saying... Saying, let's do this and yeah. people went okay because really it wasn't about the end result it was about let's well do you feel like you have that right now in LA do you feel like you could do let's with anybody and let anything Absolutely. happen because I don't give a fuck I'm like you I don't if four people show up to that thing mm-hmm. that's fine yeah when I'm about to enter the stage I don't say how many people are out there what I I don't say that you know and people go ah oh, well you know so what's your warm-up it's like Carrie and I will gossip mm-hmm and then somebody will say two minutes, and we'll rush through some eights or zip that up, and then we'll go on stage, and then when we're done, it's over. Hmm. And then I get to have a drink. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's it. What um, makes you nervous performing-wise? Do you ever get nervous performing anymore? No. No. Uh, and one of the things that I do is I travel around, and uh, one of my packages is to go to, to say, okay, I'll teach a class, and I'll work with you guys, and then if there's anybody in that group that wants to work with me, I'll work with them. Hmm. And so I normally, I, I will regularly work with people that I don't know. Hmm. And I never think, is it going to work out? Is it not going to work out? Because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. All that matters is I'm with you right now. Mm-hmm. And whatever it is you're giving me, I'm not looking in ahead of it. I'm looking at right now, mm-hmm. not right now. Do you ever feel like maybe you should be like a therapist instead of a... I am a therapist. You are? I, I'm not, not legitimate. Oh, okay. But I do have people calling me up. I had a woman the other day saying, uh, she emailed me and she said, um, can you meet with me? I have some issues. I don't talk about. I'm like, great. And there's a woman. I, I have people all the time. Just like, the ability and, to be present, I think, provides people with the same feeling as being with a therapist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I know when I go to therapy, and I go to therapy every week, when I go to therapy, it's about that feeling that I have. And also the idea that I am here to have a revelation. 
I am here to realize something that I didn't realize before. Mm. And in that revelation comes a oneness with my life and an acceptance with that, which is what I'm doing. Mm. Um, and I've been going for a long time, a really, really long time. And, you know, do I have demons? I don't know that I have demons. I'm a human being and I accept that. And I think that that's helped being out here mm -hmm. a tremendous amount. What year did you come here? Uh, 90, January 95. Mm. When were you here? 92. 92. You've been here a long time. When did you come here? When, like, what, what when the real live Brady Bunch played in at the, Westwood. At, right. At the Westwood Playhouse. I have a flyer. You do? I have it. I have it over there. Oh my God, I'd love to see I'm it. I'm going to show it to you. Yeah. Um, but it, that, you, didn't come, you didn't leave it when you stayed. You came here and stayed. Yeah, that's right. Went back and f left in 95 a little bit after I got here. Like went to live in New York again and went to live in Northern California for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, um, my son was born in, Isaac was born in 96. Mm -hmm. And so that was when I, I would say I've been here since 96. Right. Do you like it? I do. I love it. I do too. I really I love, love it. it. Did you ever fight loving it? Did you ever buy into the, oh, California thing? I am not the kind of person, I'm not a piner. No. I'm not a misser. No. I'm not a longer. No. Like Faith is the coolest person on the planet to me and my best friend and the person I want to create with every day. Your sister. Faith. I don't miss her. Right. I love her. I love when I talk to her. I don't wait. To me, it's a waste of time to think, why can't I work with Faith? Right. And so, yeah, when I go to New York, I just think, why can't, why, why, I wish I could live here. When I go to Chicago and feel certain feelings, I, I miss it. But I'm a very like in the moment, happy where I am person. And if things aren't working, I shift them so that they are like... LA works for me and it kind of always has. I agree. I agree. I mean, as you keep talking, as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about Elaine. I'm thinking about uh, your mom and, and, and the journey that she's been on and the openness that she's given you and, and the power that she's given you and how wonderful it is to have a community like that. Mm -hmm. And again, there's not that pining knowing full well that she's here, mm -hmm. that you're there. Yeah, we all, I think, I think between all four of us, our whole family, but absolutely for my mother, my sister and I, we're so enmeshed right. that I think the only way it really works is the fact that we're split by thousands of miles. Right. Like it's just about enough space <laughs> <laughs> for us to love each other the way that comes naturally. Right, right. Um, I had a, I, I lost a dog uh, in December. Oh, and, I'm so uh, sorry. Yeah, no, he was great. He was done. Mm. He was done. And... I think about him a lot in that he's here. And it's that feeling of, I don't miss these people because they're here. Mm. And I remember getting into a fight with my ex-wife, with Katie, because Katie was in Chicago and I was here for that year and a half. And I said, she goes, I don't miss you. Mm. And I went, what do you mean? And my ego at that time needed to go, ah, oh, you've got to miss me and you've got to show. But she says, I don't miss you. You're here. And I was like, I don't understand that. But of course I didn't understand that because there was that filter of ego and necessary things and petting and all that and missing and, 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 and that get in the way of just the spirit that we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. That is that connection between the two of us mm -hmm. or all of us. Yeah. I, I, I think that's like a very high minded way to appreciate myself. And I, in, in the best version of myself, it's true that like, I'm so busy being, you know, present that 
that, that everybody is always with me at one time. I guess the worst version is, and I think about this with, you know, all of, all, with everybody in my family, but particularly my mother and my sister and I, that we're all so narcissistically needy to be reflected for our own artistic todayness, whatever we're doing today, mm-hmm. that um, we just, you know, don't remember other people. I, I, I so absolutely understand that 100%. And, and within that is the acceptance of who it is that those people are that you look at and knowing they don't, they're not asking me of anything other than for me to be myself. Yeah. And you use the word celebrate and they're celebrating whatever it is that I'm going through because the people that don't celebrate what it is that I'm doing that look at it any other way other than, ah, David's really doing this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at thinking, I'm, I'm thinking how, oh, why? 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 Mm-hmm. What is it that I have that you don't have? Mm-hmm. Or how is it that you think that I don't have that? Mm. And to live in abundance as opposed to live in lack. Yeah. That's uh, a big deal. I mean, I think it, that has to do with how you were raised, you know. Like, and that's why I go back to poor. Elaine. Yeah. And she, that she lives in abundance even when things are hard. Do you feel like she don't does? You think? Yeah, she definitely lives it's, in this feeling of she gets a lot of joy from sharing. She... She lives on Facebook. And <laughs> she does. And the fact that she worked at Apple for a <laughs> she while. She worked at the Apple store. Does she, she do that now? Does she, is she no, but she's actually like a, she's an Apple. Um, Ambassador? <laughs> she's just turned into an Apple. She's just an Apple now. Right. Um, Which totally makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> she helps people with iPads and iPhones. She's like a. That's right. I saw her having tech, a seminar. Some, yeah. Like, in her house. I want to say Discovery Center, but I know it's not that. No, but it was. It's something called Dabble, where like strangers come over and she taught them how to use their iPhones. <laughs> I love the notion that she has no idea how to use an iPhone and is also is charging people anyway. That's just the whole to come thing. over and. <laughs> but it's that idea of to say, I think I can do this. I know I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. Like I'm going to do a show, and whether people yeah, show up or not, it's it doesn't true. matter. It's funny. Like with me, if, we're, if, I, if I'm doing some sort of weird Jewish thing like Havdalah in a spice shop with a porn star, which is something that it's not I like did. A, a, like you're in like a game, a board yeah, game. But that's what we did. Havdalah in a spice shop. We did Havdalah in a spice shop with a porn star. Was it a Jewish porn star? Yes. Awesome. Why, otherwise, why would we do it? I don't know. Sometimes it could be uh, what they call um, cross religious <laughs> yeah. interaction. It could have been. We, um, well, there, you know, Havdalah involves the end of Shabbat, right. and you smell spices right. to sort of awake yourself to the senses of the coming week. There's fire. There's fire, yeah. Right. So we just thought, you know, instead of the regular spices, let's get a spicy sex. Got it. They get spice in a different way. Exactly. So Nina Hartley pornographic actress and Jewess mm-hmm. um, came to a little the spice station in Silver Lake it was really rainy that night uh-huh. one of my collaborators was like we should cancel nobody's gonna come right I was like no canceling right that's one of my things by the way no canceling no canceling no canceling <laughs> I never cancel <laughs> anything really no canceling <laughs> always That's onward really always onward no canceling right. you have no idea how many people want to cancel things they want to cancel shows right. they want to cancel workshops they want to cancel events oh I do it's know that it's that fear coming up nobody's going to come but, but, but yeah. anyway just the end of that story a okay, hundred people right. crammed into the spice shop when it was pouring rain out to hear Nina Hartley speak about sacred sensuality and light the Havdala candles you know that yeah people want if you're, if you're doing something that the things that I like to do are either something nobody's ever done before mm-hmm. or things that might change the world. Mm-hmm. Those are my two. Wait, 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 wait. Things that I've never done before. <laughs> yeah. 
things that have never been done, right. and things that have the have the that can possibly change the world. Right. And those are the two things that I ask myself before you know I venture forth on a on a project. Do you ask yourself that, or does it just happen? <clears throat> It just happens. It just yeah. happens. Right. I'm, I'm not, I don't find myself interested in repeating, you know. Right. Or or dwelling on process. The idea of dwelling on process. Like, how do I work? How does this work? Okay, I always do this. Now I do that. As mm-hmm. opposed to looking at something going, that, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that. Yeah, I've never seen that before. I want to see that. I've never seen a porn star leading Havdala in a spice shop. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? No, I don't think I have. <laughs> All that I have, I've seen a bunch of little, a bunch of teenage, uh, hormonal teenage yeah. kids in a oh, in a camp in Wisconsin right. holding hands, yeah. and, and it's raining outside. Yeah, you know, the same rain. Have the doll same in the rain. rain. Have doll in awesome. the rain, which is just a great John Mayer song. Yeah, um, <laughs> I had a dream about John Mayer last night. It's so weird that you're saying that. He's a spirit. He I mean, was he's lovely in my dream. Too. In real life, I'd be very afraid of him. But in uh, my dream, he was why? lovely. I mean, I, I, what, everything that I've read about him, like Rolling Stone, it's like he's just this this, this spirit. But I really, uh, there, there's something very visceral isn't the word, but it, it kind of works. Um, like, you don't know what the fuck he's going to do. And he's also, he yeah. will say anything. He will say anything and he will do anything. Yeah, maybe he's great. He seems like he just consumes too much to me. Mm-hmm. So right. He consumes every girl who comes in his path, and uh, I don't know. Comedians say that he loves comedians, and that I know a lot of comedians are like, "Yeah, I went camping with John Mayer because I'm funny." He likes to be around funny people, and that scares me. I don't camp. <sighs> yeah, I just end camping. The idea of camping. Yeah, well, the camp you like, but not camping. I like camp, but not. Ca- yeah, I like camp, but not camping. Yeah, the idea of going of camping. Because I always think like sitting in it around a fire in Joshua Tree with John Mayer trying to be funny. Because otherwise, why is he there? Well, I also think about the idea <laughs> of uh, I also think about the idea of uh, uh, it's not just me sitting around a fire with John Mayer. It's me <laughs> sitting around a fire with John Mayer, which a bunch with a bunch of other assholes around there on their all terrain vehicles, cranking out Charlie Daniels uh, or whatever yeah, the fuck it's going to be. People. And I'm going to go really. It's six thirty in the fucking morning. Yeah. Put away the beers. Yeah. Well, that's if you go camping like 45 minutes outside of L.A. I know. If you go camping in Azusa, you're going to have that trouble. Right. But I think if you, camping I think Azusa. John would probably arrange for his assistant to get you deep into the, you know, a King's Kern Canyon River. Yeah, King's, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're thinking about the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're both up in Kern. Exactly. We're both, both exactly. up in Kern with John. Uh, no, Katie loved <laughs> going camping and it was like, it just became too much, too much. You go camping? Uh, I probably wouldn't right now, but there was a time when I liked it. When you have two kids, that's got to be something too. We enjoy El Capitan Canyon. Uh huh. It gives you the feeling of camping, but there's a there's a cabin. See the cabin. There's thing. a fire. Right. You know, you get I to. Like ha- I like that. I the like fire. living that life. I love living like when I when I'm when I'm on the road and I like that. I like that life. Mm, me too. I love it. Build a fire. You sit on your porch and read a book during the day. One of the things about that I really love about the house and um, Silver Lake that we had in Silver Lake was there was an outdoor fireplace mm. and. Going out there and just lighting a fire and just it's hanging the best. out—it really is. And it's one of those things about living in LA. Because when I think about going to New York, um, where was that place that you had in the village? You had a Ninety Nine Perry, right? Oh, that place around no. Bethune. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it was. On yeah, Bethune. we with Faith and Eric Waddell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. when I think about that, it's that like was oh, that great. would be great. But you know, I want to live alone. Yeah. Well, yeah, New York. I don't think you can live in New York unless you have tons of money, right? Or some sort of grant from John Mayer helping you out. Exactly. He's. I gotta. Talk. That's why you had a dream about him. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
No, but I, was, I remember that. I have a grant that. for living from John Mayer, it turns out. You did? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm supporting myself. Well, good for just you. We all worry about you, Jill. We yeah. worry like, how the fuck is Jill supporting herself? John Mayer's. Uh, I remember Andy Richter's place, Andy and Sarah's place, uh, in that loft. Yeah. They had that loft. Uh, do you know what street that was on? Because I feel like it was 22nd. Oh, it was, it was down there. It was like Chelsea. It was Chelsea. Yeah. It was on, the, on the rooftop. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great place. That was 18th, a great place. maybe? Katie and I went over there and, and uh, um, Katie and I went over there for, we, we hung out and they, we, we stayed with um, Sarah and Andy and I remember getting loaded, like Andy taking all of us out, taking Brian McCann and all of us out to a French restaurant. It was just like, it was a wonderful dinner and we came back and we, we drank some more and then we're staying in the loft so we had to climb a ladder in order to get into the bed up there. Yeah, and, I uh, love that And I place. took my clothes off and I like I was in bed and then I, I came down and I went to the bathroom and I was just so fucking drunk uh -huh. that I could not climb back up. Really? And I couldn't get my clothes and I just fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> and I woke up naked. naked on the couch with Sarah going, do you want a blanket? <laughs> do you want a blanket? Like, oh yeah, I'll take a blanket. I love that story. How long were you married for? 14 years. I, what upsets me is I have no real experience with your wife. Like I can't picture your relationship. And I've she was really, and what, that's one of the things is that she was an anathema, and um, uh, and I, I, I really love her. I love her, but there was I, was she it, an actress? No, she wasn't. She worked at a place called the Constitutional Rights Foundation, mm. and she did. Um, which the last thing that I knew that she had done was. Uh, going to new democracies in Eastern Europe and wow. teaching teachers, teaching teachers who never taught democracy, democracy Amazing. with LA teachers. So it's a really great organization. Now, quick question. Will she be listening to this podcast? No, probably not. I okay. don't know. She could. I don't know. Certainly somebody does. Yeah. A lot of people do. If she missed you, she could just get back together with you rather than um, we We have been getting back together because one of the reasons that we were together was the dog. Okay. And when once the dog got put down we both went up she moved and that was it wow, it was just okay. really interesting so but katie didn't come to see me a lot perform a lot mm. and wasn't a part of that part of my life and mm. a lot of my students didn't believe that i was even married mm. because she never came around mm. um and and that was a very very valuable lesson and i wouldn't trade that 14-year marriage for anything in the world mm -hmm. because it made me who it is that i am right mm -hmm. now are you dating now no are you looking to date? I'm leaving it open like that because mm -hmm. I did do the online dating and it it was just the saddest thing. I you feel know, like I want to set you up. With, set me up. Because I have that problem of setting people up. Set me up. I have that. It's, it's a real issue for me. It's not. I don't have any problem with it at all. Okay, good. But it was, you know, if I go online dating, a 50-year-old man, 53-year-old man. Yeah. Um, well, they don't get the magic that is you from the online. No, but what they do want to hook me up with is... People who live in Azusa, who are you know, who are who are grandmothers, literally grandmothers, because you know our age, we have grand people. Yeah, have no, we're gonna find you somebody else. Can I just do a? Is it is it okay if I hijack the podcast for a moment just to figure out who I would set you up with? Yes. Yeah. So, what's would, would you somebody with kids, somebody without kids? Does that matter? It doesn't matter to me. That really doesn't matter to me. I mean, I mean, as long as the kids aren't uh, like. Uh, uh, you don't want to take care of any babies right now, or 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 children that are special needs. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's special okay. needs, like one of those special needs, because I don't have that in me. You know I yourself. Have, I know myself, and it's like I would go, God bless, God bless. You know what's going to happen? You're going to fall in love with a woman with a severely autistic kid. Absolutely, <laughs> right, right. Who's just, who just like in the corner doing this? If you don't have piano. that in you, that kid's that's going to yeah. that's going to come to me. You've decided. Like, <laughs> I, I, I would, 
I can love somebody unless they have this. Right. So you know, there's the kids doesn't, doesn't as long doesn't as it's they're they're functioning kids. Right? They would be functioning kids, okay. and they would also be they would be functioning. Okay. Kids. Age range of the lady. Uh, I'm gonna say thirty five. Okay. And this is what's happening lately. I'm looking at people that are like women that are like 55 and 60 and going, she's pretty, but that doesn't matter much anymore these days. Yeah. The pretty doesn't matter because what matters now is, am I connecting with somebody on a, on a level that's different? Okay. So let's say 55 is your top range. Let's say range. 55 is the top range. Okay. Right. And are, are you are looking for, this is the most important question. This is what I really need to know. Mm -hmm. Are you looking for somebody, keep an eye on that. Uh, keep an eye on the Zoom mic right now because it's right. about to get hot. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> I like how he just looks down. <laughs> He's a professional. <laughs> He's a professional. This is what I want to know. This is what you want to know. Uh -huh. Are you looking for somebody who has the same sort of magical intensity and connection to art that a Dave Rosowski has? Or are you looking for somebody with a different temperature or a different flavor? I've done the different flavor. Um, I'm looking for somebody that relates to me on this level where you and I can, that you and I or she and I can have this conversation and know that this moment that we're in is the moment that matters. Okay. That if I don't text you after you text me, it's going to be okay. It doesn't mean right. anything. You know, like there are certain things that I, I'm not looking for needy. Yeah. I'm not looking to take care of anybody. Yeah. I'm looking for someone to share that excitement in that moment. What if she's, um, wildly creative mm -hmm. and maybe a little troublemaker that would be fine as long as that would be fine as long as it's um um what's a troublemaker though you know because it's everybody's degree of trouble is something different yeah you know you troublemaker would... it's like a, a starting fires no or, no no like but just somebody yeah like... i mean i'm just i've got certain people in mind um, uh, yeah i would i would say i would say because for me i would i would say a troublemaker is fine okay somebody playful playful is good okay playful is good All right. um focused smart um, I don't watch a lot of TV. Okay. And that, I don't watch a lot of TV. I will go to movies. I don't see a lot of plays. I do like music. I love dancing. I love cooking food. I love eating food. I love drinking. You uh, like living. I am alive. And, <laughs> and this is the thing, and I mentioned it before, the idea of, I, I go to bed like at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. Because it's like, there's so much more to do. I got so much more to do. And I wake up at seven o'clock in the morning saying, I got to get out of bed. Okay. There's is there coffee. any time when you crashed? What happens at four in the afternoon? Four in the afternoon. Uh, four in the afternoon. It's it's starting thinking about cooking food. Okay. At four in the afternoon, or I today at four in the afternoon I have a class to teach, mm -hmm. and then I come home at seven o'clock and I start cooking dinner. It all sounds a little too good to be true. It's I live a fucking really good life. Okay. There's no crashing. There's no dark part. There's no sobbing. No, there's no sobbing. Okay. If there's sobbing, there was sobbing because of the dog being put down. But okay. that sobbing was an awesome sobbing because it's grief, and grief is really an amazing an amazing um, emotion because it has to do with sadness and love. And so when I put the dog down, I found myself crying, sobbing, grieving, and saying, look at what I'm doing right now. Because I'm very aware of the emotional content that I'm in at every moment. Okay. Like saying that I try to be, and that's okay. I don't try to be. I, I, I practice it. Okay. So, Going deeper into the now. Exactly. Exactly. And, to go, and I think that those of us who have that creative who, those of us who, who just keep moving forward, as you are, who are conduits, are aware of, I'm feeling this, I'm going to do 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 this, or I am doing this, I am doing this, I am mm -hmm. doing this. Does that make sense? A human doing. Say that again? A human doing. A human doing. Instead of a human being. Exactly. Oh, what? <laughs> I didn't make it up. I wish I did. 
I'm, I'm, I'm just, I did this kinesthetic response going, what just yeah, happened? Yeah, what doing? A human doing. Yeah. I've never heard a human doing. Never. I didn't. I wish I could say I was creating it right now. I've been a lot of people going a human doing. A human and maybe doing. they're Googling it along with Jews. Google it. Yeah, it while I'm <laughs> Havdalah. <Googling> Havdalah. <laughs> I, I, Havdalah was my favorite, my absolutely favorite time of Shabbos. Yeah. Of the, of the whole, the whole, because it was like hanging out and singing and holding hands. The whole notion of really like if you could get Sabbath right, it could really make your life amazing. Right. And to really if look at really, that. And, I could and really do that. that. I and often think, like, I really wish that on Friday mornings I started cooking, like, the best meal ever. And then on Friday at, like, 2 o'clock, I'm home because you don't want to be in traffic on a Friday afternoon. No. And I'm making my house look beautiful. Right. I'm picking flowers. I'm, like, setting the table. The hall and then is being baked. The hall is baking. or It can be picked up. That's fine. I just need uh -huh. to be home. And then at sundown... I am so much food that's made. Everybody I love is coming over. My 10 favorite people this week. Right. We're going to eat all that food. Right. We're not going to watch TV. Right. We're going to play all night. Right. Maybe we'll play um, celebrity. Maybe somebody will start playing some music. Right. We'll get silly. We'll like play so much that people will just fall asleep right there. Right. <laughs> Whoever happened to come over for dinner. We'll wake up in the morning. Hang out, not put on the TV. No. Chat. Right. Build a fire in the backyard. Right. Just keep being present for each other. For 24 hours. Then the sun goes down, do Havdalah, right. and go back to a life of ambition and commerce. Right. How cool would that be? That would really be cool. I've never I mean, done it. I like it. The sleepover um, part isn't necessary. Right. That's a no, lot. No, 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 no. But if they live next door, it's like, yeah. why don't you guys go home and I'll see you in the morning. Um, <laughs> and, and what I love is the acceptance of the commerce part. Yeah. Because that's what makes all those other things Yeah, and then vital. you can come out Monday morning being so focused right. on trying to propagate your, you know, love into content that you can, you know, use to make a living on. And people notice that and they cling to you. They don't cling to you, but they are, they, they are, they're inspired by you. And so they will be near you, be with you, be around you and inspire you in that way. Yeah. Because I look at that as a symbiotic relationship and that goes back to the Annoyance Theater. Mm -hmm. well, you, you weren't at the 25th, were you? I wasn't because I was right in the middle of filming my movie. Right. But I was, I, I felt it because I knew exactly where I was on my film when it was happening. And right. I, I wanted to be there so badly and couldn't be. It was, Jill, it was amazing. I heard. It was, it, and, and they did, they, they rented out the, the Park West. I know. And they did it right. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of the same thing that Andrew did um, and Second City, Andrew Alexander and Second City did for the 50th, mm. Second City's 50th. It's this, look at the celebration, look at the people that we mm. have around us and how the fuck did that happen? Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It really is amazing. And, I, and every single time you're in the middle of it, like we were, we weren't able to see it as part of a context of some huge thing. It was just like, we're having the funnest night of our lives. Did you see it? Because one of the things that I'm a huge fan of, is, uh, of yours is the six feet under stuff. Did you feel it there? Mm. Is that a weird question to ask? No, I mean, I, I, I hear that a lot where people go, or I'll, I'll, be, I'll talk to people who I was with at a certain time, and they'll be like, that was the best time of my life. And <laughs> they say that about right. six feet under. Right. And, it hasn't been this, it hasn't been the same before or since, and I felt that way about Six Feet Under, and I felt that way about the Brady Bunch, and mm -hmm. I felt that way about my movie, and I, I felt I feel that way about Sit and Spin, and right. I feel that way about my family, right? And, um, yeah, it, it always feels. I think it feels 
it has to feel that way when you're doing it, that there's n never been anything before it and there's never going to be anything after it. Um, and it's the same reason that you don't have to have a boatload of fucking people come to the show because it's like that doesn't matter. Yeah. What matters is the moment that you're in at that yeah. moment, doing what it is that you're doing at that moment. Because we can't be outside of our lives looking at that. We, we can't, as, as hard as we could try going, what's this like? We're in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think the question sometimes is like, how do you how do you take a break from it? So, I mean, I was just wondering, like, sh if you were if you were thinking about like Shabbat or the seventh day being different from the rest of the days, would you want that day to be a more intense version of connection or a less intense version of connection? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would you want the other six days of your life to be about being present and Shabbat be about being free? Right. Or should Shabbat be an even pre more present time? Or and or or because the same thing with meditation where you say if you when you meditate those 10 or 20 minutes that you take as often as you meditate mm -hmm. then become part of your life because mm -hmm. you're meditating all the time but when you're taking those 10 or 20 minutes during the day to meditate that's the focus part of it mm -hmm. but the rest of your life is living that meditation mm -hmm. of awareness um not um non-holding on yeah to -ness. do you meditate uh i, I meditate in my own way yes mm -hmm. But yes. do you pick a time, like, I'm going to start now and I'm going to end now? Yes, it's usually a 10-minute period. Mm. Uh, but it's not a regular thing. It becomes, like, twice a week. I'll do that and I'll just sit at my desk and I'll go 10 minutes. i got 10 minutes right now to do mm -hmm. that. And what ended up happening was I became more aware in the rest of my life mm -hmm. of those moments of meditation. I sitting in the car, to be present sitting in the car, to be present while a bus is about to come and pick me up wherever that mm -hmm. would be. Not that I ever take a bus. Let but, me ask you this question. Once you started to become aware of the feeling of being present and even some of the physical sensations that meditate that meditating taught you about being alive and being in the moment what did you do when you were in relationship with people who weren't i did not engage with them and i don't and i don't mean i ignored them i i meant i sat and watched them be mm -hmm. or do um i sat and watched them be and like oh look what you're going through mm -hmm. i don't have to engage in that um I will engage in what I'm going to engage in and I will be mindful of that moment that I trip and engage in it or I mm -hmm. hold you in some way, either physically or emotionally. You don't feel like you have to fix it or change it in people? No, I used to, but I don't anymore. Um, and what, what happened was it was because of my 14-year marriage collapsing, saying my wife is not capable of giving me that which I need in this moment. Mm -hmm. uh, or another relationship that I had where I look at and tell her, that, that person, that woman is not capable of giving me, there's not any right, any wrong, she's just not capable. Mm -hmm. I might as well get upset at her that she you know, can't eat the sofa. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, well, why couldn't she eat the sofa? See, but that's the whole, well, I could go, why couldn't she eat the sofa? And go, well, and, but here's the thing that most people do. It's like, why couldn't she eat this sofa? She should eat the sofa. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes me engaging in it. Because yeah. the should is I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah. And I think, I think that's how I don't. But what marriages aren't some version of why can't she eat the sofa? Isn't, well, isn't that what marriage is? Um, Have you found... I, mean, I don't know. I didn't have a successful one. Mm -hmm. Well, 14 years is pretty amazing. 14 years. Uh, the, la the last four years was a lot of me dreading, mm -hmm. of me going, oh, okay. I'd be at Second City as the artistic director over there and then coming home and I would reach the same, I would reach Vermont Avenue, not the state, but Vermont Avenue and I would go, because mm. I'm almost home. I mean, you know. I'm That's not good. Room. No, it's not good. And as much as we try, there does come a point where you say, why are we arguing all the time? Mm -hmm. I'm going to say I'm sorry until until the blood flows. 
and nothing's going to change. Mm. And you reach a point saying, this person is just not capable. Mm -hmm. And I went to therapy. Mm -hmm. And that changed things for you? It became the beginning of my understanding of acceptance. Mm -hmm. and, the, and part of the acceptance was, we're done. Mm. We're done. And that's a huge acceptance. Mm. And it's the hardest thing I've ever done. And once you do that, you realize the human spirit is capable of doing some pretty intense things. Mm. Because the moment that you do that, everything changes. You know, mm -hmm. everything changes. Mm -hmm. Your life changes, your living changes. And then you also start seeing different camps. There's that word again, but different in a different way. Different camps that you, you cling to. Mm. I cling to this, Nia and Ian put me up in their house mm. for a year. You know, and looking at all those things. And then you look at things. And they're just things. Mm. I miss some of my cookbooks. Well, they haven't stopped making cookbooks. Where are the cookbooks? She's got some of them. Mm -hmm. Now I don't know where they are. But, you know, there's that. Yeah. What I wanted, I got. And what I didn't get, I didn't want. Mm. Right? And you lived in the same place. You've lived in the same place for a long time. I think about eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Eight years. Yeah. So we're like... Oh, boy. And do you get together with the family? Like, for do you have, do you have dinner with the with the boys and your husband? Yeah, we try to do it. Yeah, we've been doing it a lot lately, actually. Since the movie has been over, I feel like I'm just sort of at the end of a crazy ride this past year. Right. And so now we're really making the time, and I'm making the effort to like um, just be with the three of them. Right. We do a little game called B's and C's that kind of focuses dinner, where everybody has to go around and say one bogus and one cool thing that happened. <laughs> He's and C's is bogus and cool. Um, learned it from uh, Jeff Tweedy. Yeah. Of the band Wilco. Of the band Wilco. A friend of Jeff and Susie Miller's um, named John Biggers came and he was my intern for the summer and he mm -hmm. said, this is what we do with, the, this is what I do with the Tweedies. We play B's and C's. So we started playing B's and C's um, and the four-year-old's really into it. Mm -hmm. He has his boguses and his cools just like everybody else. Your boy just got a car. And the 16-year-old drives a vehicle. <laughs> And did, did you get the vehicle online because it's like you put out... I did. It was perfect. A friend, yeah. Um, yeah, just a neighbor friend who had a, an old Honda Civic. Look at the world that we live in. It's, that sort of how thing. can we even begin to know what it's doing to us? Right. It doesn't matter. We don't have to look at it that way. Yeah. But it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, I think I remember I used to feel anxiety because I didn't know what everybody in the world was doing all the time. Now I do know what everybody is doing all the time. Yes, you do. How's that feel? <laughs> it, it is calming in some ways. Right. We're all kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, it was, the anxiety felt like the stupidest anxiety because it was like, well, how would you ever know what everybody's doing all the time? And what a <laughs> stupid kind of anxiety to want to know. I remember like mm -hmm. on a Saturday night in Chicago, early 20s, you know, annoyance, we're all going here. And I remember a certain of anxiety, but where's everybody else? What are they all doing? And what if we're supposed to be somewhere else right now? Now we actually have a way of knowing. Right, we do. Everybody on Facebook says, I'm checking in here. Right. Jill is here. Right. Dave's at the Grove. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. 
Elaine's taking, just had the best nap of her life. And Elaine, and again, <laughs> but Elaine is from a different, Elaine seems like from a different uh, I know, but she loves it, but she has the same anxiety. Like everybody needs right. to know everything that's going on all the time. But she's also, it's one of those things where I haven't spoken to Elaine in years. You know and yet she it. is so, we're connected <laughs> to each other in that wonderful way. And that's one of the things about the podcast too. I, I look at it and I go, and I think, wow, this podcast has been in 133 countries. Wow. You know, tens and tens of thousands have heard this. Yeah. People, I have no idea who they are, are going to listen to this and be inspired by this in some way. And we'll not have to worry about what you and I and Ben did on this day in March here. Yeah. Okay, let's end there. Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy. For Dave Rosowski, Amy and Foley, if you know someone who lives in the Los Angeles area and think they'd be a great guest on ADD Comedy, please shoot me an email at ianfoleycomedy at gmail.com.